according to John. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. May starts tomorrow, so I thought I might just uh, talk about first a few of the things that we can expect in this month. Um, there'll be a bunch of things, but a few key moments. First, on May the 11th uh, in Ottawa, there is the March for Life, uh, a peaceful demonstration where, where we, dem- where we uh, proclaim our belief that we know that life is sacred from conception to natural death. I haven't been there for a few years, and it was cancelled over, over the pandemic. Father Darlington will be going this year, so that's on May 11th. So a bus leaves from the parking lot here at 8 in the morning, and we'll be back by 8 o'clock in the evening, stopping at one or two other parishes along the way to pick people up. Um, everyone has their say on, on Parliament Hill these days, and I think it's important that we take our turn to have our say as well. Uh, I believe it's $35 a person for the bus ride, and less for those who are students. There is a poster about it at the entrance, and of course, there's information in the bulletin as well. Uh, next, on, um, on May the 13th, our bishop is coming here for a couple of reasons. One, one big reason is for the celebration of confirmation for between 50 and 60 young people of our parish who have been working hard over the last few months to get ready for that sacrament. So he's coming here to celebrate that. Now, he's also coming, and I know Joe's not going to want to, talk, want to hear a whole lot about this, but uh, one of our own, Joe Geronimo, is receiving some papal honors that evening at the 4.30 Mass. He's going to be installed as a Knight of St. Gregory. Um, and, and I know our bishop, he's going to talk about what that means more when he's here, and I'll put some details about it for next weekend's bulletin. Um, Joe, we know him to be a, a man of service, a prayerful man, a humble man, and I know we've got all kinds of people in our parish that fit that criteria as well. 
I think it's important for us all to remember that though Joe may be the one being installed, receiving those honors, uh, it's something for us all to celebrate. He's one of our own. We have lifted, we have raised him up over the last few, over, well, uh, however long he's been here, a lot longer than myself. Um, people have lifted him up and formed a community that he's been a part of. So it's, it's not just for him, it's, it's an honor for us all to receive there. Following the Mass, there'll be a, a very light reception too. The following day, May 14th, is Mother's Day, of course. But on that same day, um, recognize, we've, we recognize we've got a, a fair number in our community who are from Nigeria. Uh, we have Father Darlington and a group of families are going, have organized and will celebrate a, um, a Mass that, with, that, that incorporates many Nigerian customs and music. It will be celebrated in English, and every, it's open for everyone, of course, now, but uh, uh, but many of Nigerian customs will be incorporated into that mass that day. Next, uh, towards the end of the month, on May 27th, we'll have another parish work day. Uh, winter is over now, and there's a lot of work that needs to take place on the grounds of our parish to get ready for the nice weather. Picking up trash, some light painting, uh, gardens, things like that. So I'd like, just like to announce it now. It's really early. But uh, if you could uh, mark that in your calendars and get some space for that, it'd be really helpful here so that we can make sure we've got some beautiful grounds to, ha- to help people worship in their worship before they even enter into this building. So that is a Saturday, the 27th. We'll start at 10 in the morning. We'll be done by 2, and lunch, of course, is provided. I don't know the exact date, but it's coming up, Pentecost, four weeks from now. Um, And one of the features that mark Pentecost is the gift of tongues that the first Christians received. They started proclaiming the faith in every language of the world. And our church has never stopped doing that. And our parish here is more and more over time becoming a good representative of that. We've got people from all different parts of the world here with all kinds of different mother tongues. And so for that weekend, it'd be wonderful if we can pray the rosary and the prayers of the faithful, that part of the Mass where we respond, Lord, hear our prayer, in, um, uh, in the different languages that, are, rec- that uh, are spoken by the people who make up this community. So at the entrance, there already is a sign-up for the rosary for the different Masses. And if you'd like to lead a decade of the rosary before the Mass in your mother tongue, we'd be happy to hear it. Um, And during the Masses on that weekend, I'll have a sign-up for next weekend. If you'd like to help compose one of the prayers of the faithful in your your mother tongue, uh, we'd be happy to hear that during the prayers of the faithful too. And of course, the English text we'll put up on the wall behind me. So those are just some things coming up. On this Good Shepherd Sunday, though, we might, we might imagine for a moment two sheep. One of the sheep lives out in the wild, while the other lives in fe- the fenced-in fields of a shepherd. One is free to do whatever it wishes, while the other is limited by the fence and rules of the shepherd. And so we might ask... Which of these two has the greatest freedom? We all long for freedom. Wars have been fought for it, and it's a topic that's been coming up frequently over the last few years. 
Sure, the first sheep who lives in the wild is free to do whatever it wishes, whenever it wishes, but only at a price, by giving up the guidance and protection of the shepherd. Ultimately, or unfortunately, the world is filled with wolves, with all kinds of powers that work to destroy, divide, and spread despair. The sheep living in the enclosed field may be expected to follow the rules of the shepherd. They may be unable to freely leave the pen. But it's this sheep who lives in the peace needed to truly thrive. It's this second sheep who submits to the guidance and protection of the shepherd who can sleep well each night without worry and without fear. This weekend, the fourth, the fourth Sunday of Easter is often called Good Shepherd Sunday. We have all kinds of shepherds who guide us in life. Teachers, relatives, parents, and friends, among so many others. But this weekend, we reflect on a special shepherd we all have, Jesus the Good Shepherd. There's lots about the Good Shepherd to celebrate, but one aspect that catches my attention is the freedom the Good Shepherd offers to his sheep. It's not always easy living under the rule of shepherds. Sometimes the shepherds who are supposed to care for us don't live up to their role or have let us down. There are shepherds who have neglected their responsibility for the sheep, selfishly used the sheep, or even taken advantage of those in their care. Truly many of the deepest hurts we've sustained have come through the hands of those who are supposed to be shepherds. So it's easy to mistrust shepherds, and when prayers seem to go unanswered, when questions arise in the heart about the love or concern of God, we may even find within ourselves seeds of mistrust for the Good Shepherd. So to protect ourselves from future injury, we may be tempted to set off on our own and be like that first sheep who is free of dependence on any shepherds. On our own, it may be possible to hide away from the dangers of the world. It might be possible for the strongest of us to overcome all kinds of threats, but the good shepherd does much more than protect the sheep. The freedom Jesus offers is built on something much larger than safety. He offers a special freedom impossible to find anywhere else. Among the readings selected for Good Shepherd Sunday is a, is a favorite psalm, Psalm 23. We all love the beginning of the psalm, the parts about the Good Shepherd guiding the sheep to green pastures and still waters. We love hearing about the protection the Good Shepherd promises in dark valleys. But towards the end of the passage, we learn that the Good Shepherd also prepares a table for his sheep. Now, I'm no expert on any kind of farm animals, but I know sheep don't normally eat at, at a table. They're happy to settle for the grass of green pastures. The Good Shepherd, however goes above and beyond. He lifts his sheep up. He offers his sheep a new freedom they could never imagine, something they could never do for themselves. He makes them like himself and invites them to the feast of the Good Shepherd. 
Those sheep who surrender to the will of the Good Shepherd are most free, not just because they're kept safe, but because they are lifted up to share in the life, joys, and work of the Good Shepherd. As a people who long for the freedom of the Good Shepherd, as a people who wish to also be lifted up, today's Gospel offers some important advice. The Gospel writer points out, how the sheep follow the good shepherd because they recognize his voice. This may be the challenge for the sheep of God, for us, listening for and recognizing the voice of the good shepherd. After all, there are all kinds of voices calling out to us, lots of voices urging us to follow them, making all kinds of promises, but only one is the voice of the good shepherd, only one voice, can truly lift us up. But recognizing that voice does take some work. Listening for the voice of the Good Shepherd will call on us to make time and space to listen so we're familiar with his voice. Listening for the voice of the Good Shepherd requires setting aside time for prayer, just as listening to a friend requires setting aside time. Recognizing the voice of the Good Shepherd will call on us to be part of his flock, his church. This means contributing to his church by sharing the various gifts we all have so the flock will grow and draw others in. The Good Shepherd is concerned for the well-being of the entire flock. That should be our concern, too. Following the voice of the Good Shepherd will call on us to learn his will, to be familiar with what he wants from us and for us. This we can find in the teachings of our church and in the scriptures. Indeed, life is full of all kinds of dark valleys, and while our Good Shepherd doesn't remove those evils, he does journey with us, not simply to protect us, but to, to lead us through to lift us up to a greater freedom. Through his sacrifice, we have been invited here to share at his table and receive the food of his very self. God of all, we praise you for sending to us the Good Shepherd. Through your Holy Spirit, open our hearts so we would always long to hear his voice and grant us the courage needed to trust in him who guides us through dark valleys found in life here and lifts us up through the sacrifice of his very self. In his name we pray. Amen.